Welcome to What the Fumble. Last week, we posted after Canadian Thanksgiving. And this week, we are posting on, apparently, International Gin and Tonic Day, which is exactly what we'll need after what Justin is about to do to us. The group finally finds themselves on land, but have they landed in the wrong place? Is it a safe harbor? Or is it a frosty capital that one of us has no time for? The nightmare continues on episode 7 of What the Fumble, Disorderly Conduct. Episode number, what episode is this? Seven. Is yeah, it? Episode seven. seven, yeah. Oh, we did it. We made it. We made it to episode seven. I'm feeling lucky. This is the. This is going to be the first episode where all, you're going to spend the entire time on land, I think. Assuming everything goes according to plan, this is the first land-based episode. Ho, ho. We're just on a giant turtle. <laughs> going through the ocean right. just That's, to throw yeah. us off even we're more. on some could kind be. of creation myth <laughs> could be uh it's gonna be a good one before we start though i want to know everybody's favorite horror movie villain what when i say horror movie villain what comes to mind and i want you to think like in terms of which would be the worst one if they were real like if they really existed what would be the absolute worst of the horror villains? Some of them you just got to do enough damage and you assume, like, the might of the military will eventually take them down. Yeah, I mean, I guess. But, like, I, I, I feel like in any slasher flick, there's, like, the MacGuffin of, like, oh, but somehow in this movie he's better. Right, yeah, there's always, that. yeah, like, the... Uh, Jason movies are kind of like that. Jason's <laughs> back for the seventeenth time. Jason's in space. Whoa! You need to re 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 kill him. So who is it? What's the answer? Jack Torrin. Jack Torrin. From, yeah, Jack Nicholson's character in The Shining. Oh, of course. That's right. Oh, that's that's a good answer. Oh, oh yeah. Bit of an unconventional answer here. Um, Willy Wonka. Willy Wonka. <laughs> Listen, if that isn't a straight-up horror villain, I don't know what it is. He lures children into a factory with, you know, treats and all kinds of other things. And you go through his crazy fever dream of a factory. Wait, Johnny Depp or Gene Wilder? Uh, ooh. Gene Wilder. If Wilder. You don't answer Gene Wilder, you have to leave this room right now. <laughs> well, no, 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 of course. It's Gene Wilder, but, but you know, Johnny Depp, because that's also a horror unto itself for different reasons. But still. Willy Wonka. Willy Wonka. So if- <laughs> Willy Wonka was real. <laughs> well, think about it. He runs a factory that everybody's running this lottery for, and it's this big deal to get a golden ticket, and we have this super poor family where their only joy in life is the fact that they could go through a chocolate factory with, you know, all kinds of weird, bizarre creatures. Like, come on. How is that not horror? So the That's rear right. horror villain, villain is capitalism? Damn it, Colin, get out of my head. <laughs> <laughs> you could not We're pay me political. enough money. You could not pay me enough money to go into Willy Wonka's chocolate factory. Well, I bet we could. I can't, but I bet there is enough money. 
Everybody's got a price. I'm just significantly cheaper than most people. (laughs) Willy Wonka and Jack from The Shining. I mean, more conventional answer for me, I suppose, would be like Scarecrow from, you know, the DC movies. You know, like, you know, Scarecrow, Batman. Yeah, yeah, yeah sure, yeah, yeah. sure. That would be a more conventional answer for me, I suppose. But, I feel but these Wonka, are three, though. these are all three people that could be brought down with a nine millimeter. I feel like you're leading to something here. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me what you got. You got to have a better horror movie villain than Willy Wonka. You would think so, but I don't. Because I <laughs> he's that horrifying. I don't. Here's the thing. I don't even watch like a lot of horror movies to begin with because I get scared easily. So my two would be the Queen Alien from Aliens. That's pretty scary. Okay. Not really a horror film, but uh, it's pretty. That's pretty, pretty scary. Pretty scary. Spooky, yeah. And then my like tied for first for me for scariest villain would be Anchorage, Alaska, the place. Fucking <laughs> just, just a place. <laughs> Try Alaska. take that down with a mil- nine millimeter. <laughs> Alaska is a horrifying place <laughs> particularly anchorage alaska <laughs> so, <laughs> how much time have you spent there none i've only okay, seen it yeah, through since. uh through cinema and uh the depiction of anchorage alaska in particular is so terrifying when i was a kid i watched a movie called the fourth kind it came out in like 2009 terrible movie don't watch it it doesn't hold up at all uh, but it takes place in Anchorage, Alaska, and it's about like a uh, psychologist played by Mila, last Jokovic. name I refuse to learn ever. Oh, there uh, we go. Anyway, she goes to Anchorage, Alaska, and she like she as a psychologist trying to like uncover like a bunch of uh, paranormal activity and murders and a bunch of weird stuff. And uh, that movie scarred me as a child. And I'm now I I believe that there probably is paranormal activity in Anchorage, Alaska. And also a lot of psychopaths that like kill their families. And <laughs> so, so wait, so like, Soba, you're like Silent Hill. Fuck you, Anchorage, Alaska. That's where it is. <laughs> Pyramid yeah. Head. Get the fuck out of here. I got a D four. Well, listen, Anchorage is a real place, my friend. And uh, now, yeah. So these are not place. the answers I was expecting. <laughs> so far, we've got Jack from The Shining. I was like, all right, and we went to Willy Wonka. And you're saying the city of Anchorage, Alaska (laughs) is the best horror movie villain in existence. The city of Anchorage. Sorry if you're listening from the great state of Alaska (laughs) in the beautiful city of Anchorage. Colin, what do you got? Does anything even come to mind? What am I what? doing in um, this room right now? Why are we running a horror campaign? They, that Willy Wonka and the city of Anchorage. <laughs> what in Jesus. six episodes has made you assume that I would like subject myself to any amount of horror? Oh man! Like the the closest thing I've got is Hades from the Hercules movie. Well, what, what's the fir- when I say a horror movie villain? What's the first thing that comes to mind? I that's um, it. Hades from. Well, I mean, like. I'm just thinking of movies that scared me when I was a kid because I didn't really do horror movies. So, like, there's the Hydra from Hercules and the Rancor from Star Wars Episode Six. The, what the <laughs> fuck? The Rancor. If, if I may, you please do. Thank you. You said what comes to mind. I think the best horror movie villains are the ones you don't see because everybody gets to supplant their own self, subconscious whatever into that villain. So what you mean, so like, you're like putting the your... mists from an M. Night Shyamalan movie? Yeah. I mean, the, the real horror in that thing, the most terrifying thing was that 
bitchy woman who I'm glad got shot eventually. <laughs> but it's it's that it's those things. Everybody like right now, you're taking us to God knows where this hospital uh, <laughs> and all six of us have a different version of Dr. Heinfroth. Now, granted, I'm now picturing him as a chocolate factory owner, which doesn't make it better. I should have went with a chocolate factory. I can't wait for you. <laughs> Start. A chocolate factory set in Anchorage, Alaska. Oh, God. Never shown up. Come with me and you'll be... <laughs> What the fuck? Sued. You're if all wrong. You're all horribly, <laughs> horribly wrong. The correct answer is Freddy Krueger. It is the only answer that's right. Okay, how is Freddy Krueger more empowering than a Terminator? Than a Terminator? T1's like, supposed to be a horror movie. Let's play D&D, because yeah. okay, I right. thought this conversation was going to go way different than Honestly, it did. I personally agree that Willy Wonka is the scariest villain. Exactly. I, yeah. See, thank you. Mm-mm-mm. All right, let's play D&D. Let's get back into her, right? We kind of ended last week. Just recap a little bit of what's going on. You guys, first of all, everybody has a point of stress. Linara had also remembered that Darkon is the domain of dread that Van Richten was actively working on. Apparently, the myths have moved into Darkon itself and are fractioning the domain into sections. Van Richten was trying to figure out why that's happening. And thanks to Frank, the serial serial killer, you also got some more information about the secret police in Darkon, as well as the fact that the domain's ruled over by a king named Azalin Rex. But unfortunately, most of the info we got was about Darkon, and we are not in Darkon. Instead, you guys are in a different domain, a domain called Dominia. And a few moments ago, this wagon... You were all on, uh, it came to a stop outside of these tall stone walls. But before we talk any more about what's about to happen, I want to talk about what's already happened again. We all see a room, maybe 20 feet by 20 feet. Carved wooden ceilings, expensive drapes hanging from the window, a very fancy study. The walls of this study are completely lined with bookshelves, every shelf full to the brim. There's a few nice red cushion chairs in the room, but they too are just completely filled with stacks of books, satchels full of scrolls, even the floor is filled with stacks upon stacks of books and papers. There's a chalkboard in the room, too, filled with a list of spell components and the alphabet written out in Infernal. From an open window, you can hear the sounds of the busy streets of Waterdeep, but sitting at the desk ignoring all these sounds is Lenara, rapidly copying words into her notebook. The door to the study opens up, and an older man, early to mid-sixties, walks into the room. His white hair and chin-strap beard are shaggy, they're unkempt. He wears round-rimmed glasses on his face, and he walks with a wooden cane that has a silver handle. He takes off this long, tan overcoat and hangs it on the coat rack by the door. Dr. Van Richten, I, I wasn't expecting you back till tomorrow. 
Don't go thinking that my early arrival will act as a sufficient excuse to not have your studies completed. Lenora starts to recite off this list of spell components, all the words spoken in Infernal. Van Richten smiles at the fact that she was done with her homework a day early. And the two of them go on with their projects, each sitting at a desk, only looking up at each other to ask the occasional question. At some point, the breeze coming in from the window gets a little cold, and Lenora gets up to close it. And as she's walking back towards her desk, she sees a sketch poking out from Van Richten's notes. A sketch of a young boy, mid-late teens. Someone you're looking for? Oh, this. No. This is my son, Erasmus. Your son? I didn't realize you have a son. Is he here in the city? Van Richten pauses for a long moment. No, I'm afraid not. He passed away some many years ago, slain by a vampire. Tragic tale, one I'd rather not go into too much detail about. I still like keeping his picture close. It helps remind me of why we do what it is we do. I'm sorry. Is he why you do what you do then? You fight to avenge your son's death? No. I've seen what a life filled with vengeance can do to a man. No, I fight not for my son, but for those like him. The world is filled with innocent people, Lenara. When faced with the terrible evils of the world, these innocents stand no chance. I do what I do not for vengeance, but to protect those incapable of protecting themselves in the face of such an evil. And should you ever find yourself facing great evil, my dear, I suggest you look deep within yourself and find a similar reason to fight. Fighting out of vengeance... Hatred, greed, lust for power. These things will destroy you in the end. If you remember nothing else from our time together, remember those words, Lenara. Fight for the innocent boy who faces evil he cannot win against. Fight for the young girl that you once were. For that young half-elf so viciously bullied and called knife-ears by her human peers. But never fight for personal gain. Fight to protect those who cannot fight for themselves. With that, you see Lenara and Van Richten keep talking for a while, go back to their notes, and the scene kind of fades away to you guys sitting in the back of this wagon outside of this asylum. What's everyone thinking? In the, in the moment, Captain Baker has gotten down from the driver's seat uh, and is opening the iron gates that seem to be the single entrance into these asylum grounds. And he's kind of walking back towards the carriage to come unlock your shackles. What's, what's everyone thinking? What's everyone doing? Merlin is terrified. He thinks this might be the end of Merlin coming up here. He might just be trapped in an asylum forever. Hopefully not, but seems like a very grim future for Merlin. This is definitely a tricky situation for everybody for all of you a bad bad spot for some level twos captain baker you know kind of comes to the back 
of the wagon and is taking your shackles off one by one and says, We walk from here. It's not far. And gestures for you to follow him through the open gates. What is everyone getting down? What are you guys doing? What are you thinking? What's going on? Through the entire trip on the uh, on the cart, Tess has been incredibly, incredibly agitated and just sort of rocking back and forth uh, since they like put the mask over her face. Just been almost catatonic at that point. Um, and as soon as any uh, sort of her hands are freed, she like immediately her hands will like go to the mask and try to lift it off. Yeah, you start lifting it with ease, and Captain Baker looks at you and shakes his head. Says, here, very important. All look same. But why? Why is it so important? You've told us nothing. You can kind of see, like, beyond the open gate a little bit, too, and you see the grounds of the asylum. And... They're filled. The grounds are actually extremely well kept. The grass is luscious and green and healthy. There's some gardens in the back with healthy growing vegetables and fruits and all kinds of stuff. There's some picnic tables with like umbrellas set up, people sitting at them, just in talking, having a, a normal afternoon. There's a volleyball uh, net set up. There's people playing volleyball. Uh, there's a nice fountain, some people sitting around it. The one thing you do notice, though, is that with these robes and these masks, it's impossible to tell who's a patient and who's an orderly. Captain Baker right now looks no different than the people playing volleyball. And he says, these are questions for Dr. Heinfroth. I do not question his ways. He's a good doctor. So he's a good doctor by removing anything unique about someone? Like I say, you ask a doctor. I bring you inside the manor. And then I go tell him you hear. And then maybe you get to ask him these things yourself. Uh, Lustra, along the way, on this carriage trip to the asylum was probably listening to the woods around him. Um, and you were saying there was howling of wolves, among others, mm -hmm. um, along the way. Now, beasts are my... I'm a ranger, and that's my favorite beast type. That's your or, thing. Yeah. Beasts so, are your jam. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I'm kind of wondering, would I be able to do some kind of perception check to determine, you know... How, you know, many wolves are like, is this something like, is this like a humongous pack of wolves, a small pack of wolves, anything like that? I'm just wondering, what are our chances of running into wolves if we were to just gun it right now? Mm -hmm. Just, yeah, give me a survival with advantage. So in this particular case, we are looking at 15. 15, um, there's the, the amount, the amount of howling, the amount of, uh, dark shadowy shapes you saw as you were being led through the trails in that wagon you're pretty confident there has to be at least a dozen wolves in these forests and some of them are very very close some of them you're confident are within like a hundred feet of you right now so i think lustra after hearing about the wolves and listening for them probably look over to lenara and hush, hush down and say, hey, look, we got about a dozen wolves that are around us. 
is either the a dozen wolves or we go in there. I say we run. We need to make a choice now. And Lenara whispers back, Who, who's to say that there's not spies or orderlies hiding in the woods that will take us back anyway? You can hear the wolves. We didn't see what else is out there. I don't want to make it. I don't want to make an asylum escape. Well, the last time we attempted violence, it did not end well for us. Should we should keep it in mind is all I'm saying. There is volleyball. <laughs> True. Merlin's jam. Absolutely. Volleyball. He is much less scared now after seeing the volleyball. <laughs> the grounds. Yeah the, the, yeah. the common grounds actually look very, if not for the fact that everyone was wearing this robe and mask, it would look like your typical happy little hospital. The fact that Doctor are building. Dr. Building. (laughs) (laughs) The fact that we did not know they were vampires when we were on their ship, I can only imagine what they're hiding underneath the robes. It's a big old dick. That's what it is. (laughs) (laughs) Big old undead dick. Oh, no. Well, let's start checking then. (laughs) Now you take the left. Yeah, thank you. I just, I just needed a Sobe laugh to make my day. I made Sobe laugh, we can go. Oh, shit. Oh, no. So it doesn't sound like you're running off into the woods. Yeah. No, certainly not. I don't so Captain Baker then, you know, unshackles all of you, gets you off the back of the wagon, starts leading you towards the asylum itself. The guard that was watching over you in the back of the wagon is given some orders by Captain Baker and that wagon and those horses head back down the trail, like towards the direction of where the docks were at. He goes back from where he came. Captain Baker sticks around, though, and escorts you towards the actual asylum manor, which is, there's like this nice cobblestone walkway that leads up to the front entrance of this place. It's this squat manor house, somewhat octagonal, in shape, it's about three stories in height. Looks like it's really carefully maintained. Uh, clearly, the building is, it's not new, but the care with which it's been kept up speaks pretty well of its owner. And the grounds, like I said, surrounding it are, are equally as well, well kept. You are not led towards that front door, however. You're led to a side entrance, the western side of the building. I've actually got a map here for you guys. Let me pull this out. Ooh, map time. Captain Baker walks up these two, three stairs that lead up to the door, pulls a key out of his pocket, unlocks the door, and leads you all into a room that looks a whole lot like a kitchen. There are pots and pans hanging on the wall. And there is a staircase in this kitchen that leads down, which is where he leads you, into a what's clearly a, a storage room, like a cellar. And the cellar has, you know, the typical dried meats hanging from the ceiling, you know, salted and, and cured. There's a bunch of preserved fruits and vegetables, bags of flour. Uh, there's a bunch of like fresh food in this in this cellar. There's also two doors in this cellar, one of which is opened by Captain Baker, 
and you are led through into the main portion of this basement, I guess, which is just a series of hallways and cell doors. And you are led to a door with the number one on it. Cell number uno. We're number one. You did it. We did you it. Won, you won first place. Whee! The door <laughs> okay. opens up to reveal a completely padded room, like the walls, ceilings, the floors, it all look like mattresses. And Captain Baker just kind of points towards the now open cell one and says, you wait here for now. I go tell Dr. Heinfroth you here, and if he have time, maybe he talk to you very soon. If he busy, somebody bring food for you in a few hours. But you wait here. Uh, when he's opening the doors for us, I, I think Tess wants to try to memorize like which pocket or where on his person he's returning the keys to. Sure, give me a quick perception. Uh, nineteen. Left pocket, left Ooh. front pocket of his pants. All right, we'll have to flex that seduction later. It looked like, well, that's a pretty good roll, too. It looked like a key ring that had about, it, it looked like it had three different keys on it. Okay. It has a th- key ring with three different keys. Front left pocket of his pants. All right. On the way in, Lunara wanted to look uh, at the floor, at all the doors, to see if there was any similar runes to, uh, at like on the boat with the undead. Sure, give me a perception. Yeah, yeah. All right. That I can do. That I can't do. That's a four. <laughs> yeah. Don't see any. It's hard to see through these, just the two little eye slits in the, in the mask. I think I got the wrong hood. Merlin is going to wait for Captain Baker to leave and uh, just to kind of like buy himself a little bit of time to get back into that other room with the preserved foods because uh, it's been a, a little while of just hard tack. Unfortunately, and it doesn't look like he's going to leave while you are not inside this padded shit. cell. <laughs> <laughs> well, that puts a wrench in Merlin's plans. We'll just go in on the honor system. You leave us out here. <laughs> uh, Lenara picks the comfiest corner. So Lenara goes in. Anyone putting up a fight? Slash begrudgingly slithers in. He's going to look around and snarl and go in uh one last thing before Tess steps in she wants to just inhale really hard and try to see if she can glean any scent of formaldehyde from anywhere while we're in this building or if that was just a the the mercy ship exclusive uh you haven't smelled any yet i mean you know formaldehyde is pretty it's pretty distinct smell it's really strong you don't smell any in the you know the room's couple feet of this manner you've walked through you did not smell formaldehyde no it's something but yeah she'll step in as well as does merlin loudly uh explaining how unlawful imprisonment is a felony uh, (laughs) in water (laughs) (laughs) so you all enter this padded room the door is closed behind you the door itself almost disappears into the wall. There's no difference between, you know, the other walls and this padded door. You can hardly tell where the door just was, if not for the fact that it does have a little slit at the bottom, about two uh, two inches wide, but six inches 
long enough to like slide a little tray of food, that kind of thing, through the bottom of the door when mealtime arrives. But any lighter sound coming out of that little slit quickly goes away as panel is kind of slid forward from the outside, blocking even that little that little slit. And you guys are now in a padded room. You can hear the door lock, and you can hear Captain Baker walk away in the direction he brought you from. The hell you want to do now? Is there any light in the room? Yeah, yeah, there is There is a little bit of light coming from, it looks, well, why don't you give me maybe an arcana check? Oh, of course. Uh, that is a three. Three. I mean, you know, that's still enough to see the fact that there's light. You don't need any <laughs> and a successful role there. Uh, but yeah, you assume there's some kind of magic kind of lighting up one or two of the little buttons in the mattresses kind of thing, keeping just a little bit of light in this room for you. As soon as the thing, as the uh, slit slides closed, Tess is going to like rip the mask off her face. Sure. Just As does Merlin. I'm also gonna like take off most of the clothes that I got that I've put on. Sure thing. Yeah. Slash is gonna sort of you know just slide the mask up, you know, and kind of wear it like a visor almost. Okay. Lustra will do the same. Lenara is going Occam's razor, and you know what? It's not hurting her with it on yet, so she's just gonna keep it on. Fair enough. Oh man, I I love this. This is the part I don't even know what happens next. This is. We're there. We got we huh. got to the part where it's all on you. What are you going to do? Oh, going to stay in this room till I come and get you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Lenar's just going to start doing push-ups and uh, sit-ups, getting jacked for when she's ready for a jailbreak. <laughs> jailbreak. <laughs> well, that's effectively what this is. Uh... uh Tess is going to uh, reach into her pack and pull out one of her torches, and she wants to light it and beeline towards Stiletto. Sorry, Lunara. Either works now. It's been revealed. Yay. <laughs> uh, and she's going to, like, just, like, grab her shoulder, and... Uh, she is immediately, as soon as you touch her, she's going to, like, try and, like, wince and push you off of her. Uh, this is just going to like step back. She's, you can see on her face, she's like incredibly agitated and like the flames flickering on her face are kind of making it worse. She looks a little deranged at this point. She says, what does it say in your book about this place? This place in particular, I have no clue. There must, there must be something in there. You worked with Van Richten. I mean... I can go through. Look my, again. Uh, sorry, 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 DM. I'm being interrupted. Uh, no, it's all good. I can look through it, but is there anything about an asylum in Dominia about Doctor Heinfroth? I don't think you ever actually made a history check about Dominia, but go ahead. All right. I don't think I did. I think uh, Darkon really rocked stuff. Where? Uh, Twelve. Yeah, I mean, you don't have any more information that one than what's very obvious now, you know. I apologize. It was two months, and I only brought one book with me. I don't have all of my notes. We can, o- we can only deal with what's in front of us right now. So, 
first things first, we need to get out. We need agency. We need our own freedom. Well, hold on a second. I mean, Captain Baker did say it could be just a short while before the doctor sees us. Maybe we just wait like 15 minutes and then we try busting down the door. Did you see the healthcare we had on the ship? I don't know how quickly a doctor will see us here. And considering what was on the ship, I don't even want to meet this Dr. Heinfrost. I'm actually quite curious about the doctor myself. I'm curious what kind of care he keeps, and I'm curious what exactly it is that made him a doctor. Whether or not that is for our own benefit and health, I think is irrelevant, because at the end of the day... The way Captain Baker speaks about him suggests that he has more pull than just what's inside these four walls. I feel like if we're going to do any kind of jailbreaking, it will require negotiation. I don't think we're going to be breaking out of these four walls anytime soon. Slash takes out his sickle and and rakes it across the the padded wall, uh, trying to see what's beyond the padded wall. He assumes it's going to be stone, but he's hoping he'll be pleasantly surprised. Can I try and stop you before you cut more than a foot? Sure. If that works, then after you cut, I would like to mend that. So at least we don't leave... Marks. Marks, yeah, evidence of our investigation. Of course. So very smart, very smart, very, very smart. That is the kind of stuff this is going to take. Uh... You know what? I haven't done it yet. You take your first inspiration of the campaign, I think. Ooh, inspiration. Thinking of that, that's a good, good blend is to cover this up. Uh, But you do that. You cut into the padding, and sure enough, stone walls right on the other side of the padding. And then Lenora mends it back up, makes it look like nothing happened. So I suspect that... This building made of stone is keeping the flesh inside. <sighs> Salash sort of taps his foot in, in, in agitation. I don't suppose we really have much of a choice but to wait for the good doctor. We'll put it this way. We're trading what for what here. We're going to be trading our freedom. Chances are the stuff on our persons to stay in this asylum for his own gain What do we stand to gain by staying here? Lenara yells, cut arm. (laughs) (laughs) And waits for footsteps. There are none. None. Like the the 15 minutes that Merlin suggested waiting at the very least passes as you guys are discussing all this. No one comes back for you yet. Well, it seems that they're... If they are listening, they are not that inclined to uh, respond to us, and now we don't have two individuals watching us. I am more inclined for your prison break. Well, let us not be so hasty. Uh, Salash wants to look around the room. Uh, Is there... I suppose he could do a detect magic. He's going to do a ritual cast or detect magic, and specifically he wants to know if there's any sort of spells that might be watching us. Very good question. Why don't you go ahead and do that? So... Ritual cast attack magic, and I'm assuming there's going to be stuff for the continual light, but... Yeah, the the little buttons that are providing what little light is in this room definitely uh, pop up, and you kind of assume yeah, it's probably continual flame spell on those buttons. You 
And wh- where else you're looking for? I'm looking specifically for divination magic, the kind of magic that would watch us. Sure. Uh, and this is what, 30 feet? Is 30, it? 30 feet. feet? Yeah, There's a cone extending from his face. He can right, move yeah, he, yeah, I can yeah, look yeah, around. Do, do the lighthouse move. Yep. He gets stopped by certain thicknesses. Uh, spell can penetrate most barriers, but it is blocked by one foot of stone, one inch of common metal, a thin sheet of lead, or three feet of wood or dirt. How you want to flavor that up for padding is up to you, I would think. You feel the presence of magic beyond this, so you, you feel like you you know you're confident these walls aren't lined in lead because you do kind of pick up on as you were led here. You saw there's another cell like right across the the hall from you, like cell number. It's labeled cell number two, and you're kind of feeling that same magic that the buttons in here are given. So you assume there's other lights on by magical means in the room across the hall from you. But nothing's coming back as, as divination. All you're picking up are, are the tiny little continual flame spells. Well, it would seem, if nothing else, they are giving us light, but are not watching us magically. So a prison break might not be a bad idea in this respect. Do we know how deep underground we are? Were we just, like, a story? Or are we taken fairly You've down? only been taken down one story. Yeah. If we could get through the stone, we could repair the padding. We can Shawshank this, which uh, is an abyssal term for uh, cut and cover. It's <laughs> where, where you, you take a poster and make a hole behind it. Which leads... Actually, this is just a padded room. There is no toilet, yeah? Well, that's a good point. Yeah, there's not. Not ah, great. There never is in a D and D game. Like, <laughs> Nobody there poops. never is. Nobody poops Nobody in D and D. Okay. My, my superior elven metabolism makes it not much of an issue for me, but my standard humanness gives me IBS. Lenar so. <laughs> <laughs> moves to the other side of the cell from Merlin. <laughs> yeah, no, no toilet. So if you got to go. Press the digitation can only do so much. <laughs> you go in the corner. <laughs> the door that we came in, uh, I assume, is also padded on the inside. Yep, sure is. The only now that it's closed, the only reason you can tell where it is is because of that. There's a slot on the bottom of the door, and that's really the only distinguishing feature. If that wasn't there, you'd hardly be able to tell the door is there. Does it look like they have a slot where they can like see in at eye level and then like? No, sh- just that one on the bottom. No. Oh. Uh, Lenara. Yes. You can fix the padding, so I'm gonna go and scratch at the padding at the door if you want to fix that up. Uh, within, uh, a foot. So, do not get carried away. Yeah, I just want to see what this door is made of. So, I'm gonna cut the padding. Sure. You know, enough so that I can get to the material of the door, and what is this door made out of? Yeah, it's just, you know, standard iron door. Like, is it bars, or is it like, you know... No, it's a full... Like... Iron plate of slate. metal. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't think we're bending this or anything. It's made of complete iron. And are the hinges on the outside or the inside? Uh, it's. Do we have access to the hinges? Is a more direct question. It's a. From your perspective, it's a push door, whatever that means. So that'd be an outswing door. Thank you, Mister Doors. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think do. we've mentioned it yet, but on the podcast, but David like knows the shit out of his doors. <laughs> David I'm sells door, doors. I'm a door and window specialist there at an go. unnamed place of That's work. That's it. We won't name where because they don't give us 
any cashola. <laughs> uh, Point is, we don't have access to the hinges. He's at one of those stores that sell doors and windows, and it's orange, so you figure <laughs> it out. <laughs> okay, well, if we don't have access to the hinges, and I don't suspect we're going to be breaking through iron anytime soon. No window, no tiny little ray of hope from the sun. Oh, God, no. <laughs> they at least leave us a potted plant? No. Ah, I wanted to ask if it used to be a whale. Well, Merlin's going to start playing marbles uh, with his ball bearings. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but he's going to play marbles through like that slit in the door, like at the bottom. He's going to try and lift that up and then start flicking ball bearings. Okay. Through that little slot. You want to try to open up that little slot at the bottom of the door? Yeah, I should be able to do it. It is, uh, you give it a quick little push and realize it's been latched from the outside. So if you want to force it open, it'll just be like a strength check to force it open. Yeah, why not? Sure. Let's do it. 17 total. That is enough. You feel the latch give way and you slide that thing right open. There you go. You can start throwing ball bearings if you want now. You want to do that? Yeah. How many course. are going out there? You got a what? A ba- they, they come in a batch of a thousand. Is that right? <laughs> is that? I, I don't know. I'm pretty actually. sure they yeah, do. That's, oh, that's, yeah, that's a bag yep. of a thousand. It's a bag of a thousand. Oh, man. Yeah. I'm going to have a lot of fun then. It's going to be a long night. <laughs> go for the high score. Yeah. We're going to try and like uh, touch the wall on the other side with these with these ball bearings. So I'm going to start flicking one by one. Yeah. And you... you do so successfully like you managed to ping one off the door on the other side of the hallway yeah we're just gonna keep going okay for as long until someone tells me to stop sure (laughs) lenara is sitting here thinking of plans and then getting like mid-thought sees merlin just sitting like probably crisscross applesauce just flicking these outside and just loses her train of thought and just occasionally comes over pokes one so then it's pink pokes one so that it's purple pokes one so that it smells like cinnamon as they're just rolling down the hallway. (laughs) Smells like cinnamon. I like it. I love it. Sounds like, I mean, you guys are in this room long enough to start to kind of get bored and wonder when someone's coming for you. I'd say probably an hour passes. Ain't nobody came for you. Uh, Lustra has a plan. Sure. Since uh, Merlin got that little slot open, does anybody have a mirror? Slash holds up the mirror that I'm sure was pink earlier. Yep. Okay, cool. So I'm going to take Slash's mirror. I'm going to stick the mirror through the latch and see if I can try and find a doorknob or a, or a lever or the opening mechanism for this door. Sure. Uh, without any kind of check, you, you, like, you find a lock. The opening mechanism is a handle with a lock underneath it not like a turning knob but you know like think of a handle you'd have on a jail cell door okay uh, a big like iron handle and a lock right underneath it cool okay this may take a few tries but and i'm gonna use the mirror to go left and right to look up and down the hall there's no one patrolling the halls to your left the hallway seems to end uh, maybe like 10 feet away from you. you know, like it ends in a dead end to to the left. To the right, it keeps going for as far as you can see, like at least 100 feet, and you see numerous other cell doors going down that hall. But no, there's no one that you can see on patrol now that this little door is kind of cracked open. You hear the voices of uh, some other patients 
of the asylum are down here. You hear some the occasional scream, the occasional cry. The occasional... Nope. Oh, oinks? No oinks. Uh, okay. So once I get that mirror in place, I'm like, I'm going to angle the mirror in such a way that I can keep it on the lock. And then once I do that and figure that out, I'll be like, okay, look, uh, Slash, if you want to hold the mirror just like this, okay? Make sure that the lock is always in vision of this mirror. Yes, Slash goes, okay. Cool. Then I'm going to sidle up next to him. I'm going to tie a knot around because I have a dungeoneer pack, so I have rope. So I'm going to take my rope, tie a knot, make a little noose as it were. And with him putting the mirror against the lock, I'm going to use that as my eyes and I'm going to reach my arms around and I'm going to try and loop the lock with the rope. You mean loop so, the handle? Loop yeah, the handle loop, yeah, loop the, the handle, yeah, of the door with oh, the okay. rope with him using the mirror as my eyes. Okay. I think, I mean, this is one of those situations where like we're not in, in combat, so you could sit here and kind of do this over and over again. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's just do one, I guess let's call it sleight of hand, but since this is a situation you can try a few times, let's do one sleight of hand with advantage, see if you can pull this off over the course of the next couple minutes. Remember, you're stressed. Oh, yeah, yeah so that, that, that's, right. a ne- that's a negative that's right. one. Minus one yeah. everything. Sleight of hand. God, what a great mechanic. <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> it says one-fifth of us, sixth of us. Uh, oh, wow, I rolled really well. Uh, that's even with the one, minus one, that's a 19. That is really good. So, hey, you pull that off. Cool. The handle is looped. All right. Okay, well, and I'll take the rope back up. Okay, so if everybody wants to grab on, I've got the handle looped. If we yank on this hard enough, I'm kind of hoping we break the lock from the outside. Break the handle yeah. off. And- yeah, break the handle off, and hopefully this thing opens. Um, I think that the locking mechanism, if I'm not mistaken, on a jail cell door is entirely separate from the handle. Well, I'm going to trust the door guy on this one. <laughs> <laughs> As somebody who has recently been locked in a bathroom at work, it does take a lot to destroy a lock from the inside. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh. We probably don't have access but, to But then again, handle. it took me less than an hour. We've got time. Well, nothing ventured, nothing gained. If we are all committed to doing this, we would better all do it together. The beauty of being in a world that has dragons in it, too, is that we can just call this a strength check. there you go so is anyone going to give me a hand with this and yank on the rope Uh, guilty by association here Uh, so can I make an athletics check with advantage then maybe yeah I'm assuming someone in the room is going to aid you go for it cool add a minus one because of that lovely stress it's a great mechanic (laughs) (laughs) sticking to it Holy shit, 19 on the die. So that would come to a 23 minus 122. Ooh, DC was 23. Oh, no. I'm just kidding. (laughs) It was 25. (laughs) You, with that, manage to, you hear a loud snap and can feel the handle give way and kind of bend underneath the weight of you guys pulling on it. And there is now... Like, it's, it's done enough damage that if you think if you really put your shoulder into this door now, you'd probably get it open. Well, nothing to it, I guess. Well, I suppose we try and get out. So. All right. How about before we immediately start this jailbreak, 
we talk about what we're going to do after we're on the other side of this door? Are we going to just make a run for it? Are we going to open up the other doors? It's simple. We all look the same. Everybody, the orderlies, everyone looks the same. We walk out like we own the place. That's I, not a half bad plan, actually. I, I, they probably have a way of telling the difference. I don't know if it's in how the things are constructed or what they can see, but... Look, we go through the door to the basement, then we go to the cellar, then we do go to the kitchen, then we go outside, and then we just got to get through the front gate. Or we can climb one of the sides. That too, but that looks a bit suspicious when in full view of everybody. Would you rather... Well, if we hide behind the house, it's either climb the house or the walls with nobody looking or walk through the front gate with everybody looking. I say we will eyes. I'm with Slash on this one and walk like we own the place. Okay, well, what's our what do we do here? What's our cover story? We need to give some reason. They barely understand us. It's better if we don't talk at all. Okay. Moreover, it may be something worth our trouble to see if these doors are unlocked. The more people out and about running around, probably the better. I would think that we could likely try these doors at the very least on our way up and hopefully let loose a few more people in white robes. I'm sure that that chaos will distract them from us simply leaving. Wow, Salash, that's a really good idea. I'm glad that you were the one who thought of it. (laughs) I just want some pepperoni on the way out. Also, aren't we the closest one to the door? So we'll have to backtrack anyway. I guess that is the plan. And I'll I'll look over to Tess and say, as awful as it sounds, we all look the same. More bodies, less of a chance we get captured. We need to get out of here or else who knows what's going to happen. I feel like I'm with Slash on this one. Who knows what's going to happen if we talk to this Dr. Heinfroth? We need our freedom. All right. One last thing. We all... On the way here, saw that we were surrounded on all sides by forest full of predators. What is the plan once we get outside these walls? Yes, we will have to brave those wolves. We will have to brave those forests. But the thing is, is that we were on a, came here on a boat on vampires and they brought us to this asylum. What do you think this asylum is going to bring us? It's not going to be anything good. I would rather have a fighting chance out there with freedom then be caught here in an asylum under the guise of some doctor who will do God knows what to us. He would keep us alive. I would rather have my agency. I would rather have my life if it's all the same to you. You would survive. You wouldn't have a life. You wouldn't understand. As you're discussing all this, you can hear some footsteps start coming down the hallway you guys have broken the slot at the bottom of the door you've broken the handle take a nice little shoulder push to finish opening this door but as promised maybe an hour and a half after you were locked up in this cell someone is coming to feed you and you can hear their footsteps growing closer what are the odds that there's another vampire, right? Salash is hesitant. <laughs> what do you do? Um, how big is the 
slot at the bottom of the door? Uh, two inches by six. Two by six. So that's less than a foot. I start casting mending. Handle still broken. It's all right. That's outside. We Sla- can lie. Slash, you have minor illusion, don't you? I do. Can you use an illusion over the lock to make it look like it's not broken? I can. I don't think you can see it. I don't think a mirror counts. No, I don't think it does either. Oh, to like the targeting. Yeah, yeah. no, you can't do that. No. That's okay. If we fix the slot, I mean, we how have deni- we break? We have deniability. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. How do we break that handle? Couldn't have been us. Why don't you give me an arcana check, Lenara? Okie dokie. Because this is possible. It's more a matter of like how quick can you get this done. And we'll All call right. it arcana. So my arcana's plus one, minus one for stress. I rolled a 17. That's not too, too bad. Not too, too bad. You act as quickly as you can to try to repair the slot. You can hear the footsteps come. At at this point, he's right outside the door. You can hear him grumbling. He's clearly noticed that broken handle. The slot that you just recently fixed slides open, and a couple pieces of hardtack are thrown through the slot. Do you do anything? Merlin just jumps up and starts kicking that fucking door. Fuck yeah, buddy. I'm done with this goddamn <laughs> yeah. heart attack. Let's do this. <laughs> Let's do this. Atta boy. Let's all roll initiative <sighs> as you slam your foot into this door. I'm going to ready my action Hells, to attack yeah. him. <laughs> Natural 20. Oh my god. Natural one on initiative? Initiative is also minus one? For stress? Uh, yeah. yeah, it's a check. Oh, oh, oh. Looster, what'd you get? Uh, including stress, I got a 21. Stiletto, what'd you get? 13. Slash, what'd you get? A three. Ooh. Tess? Five. Merlin? Eight. Merlin, why don't we actually start off with an athletics check? Because that's kind of what triggered initiative. So let's see if this door is currently open or not. Does he get advantage for hating heart attack? <laughs> <laughs> you, you said it was what check? Uh, an athletics check? Athletics, yeah. Okay. Remember uh, to add minus one. Yeah, okay. So 12 total. You pass the check. Door is open. There is someone in a pale white robe, pale white mask. This could be Captain Baker. It could be just some random patient. It could be anybody. Impossible to tell. But they don't look too happy by the fact that you've just kicked open the door. Uh, and they start kind of talking in that guttural language. And Lustra, you're the first to act. What do you do? Doors open. Dude standing right outside of it. Oh, boy. Uh, I think what Lustra's going to do is he's going to... He's wearing a mask right now. Yep. Uh, so much for keeping... Well, you know what? I wonder if I could try. I'm good. Well, there's no better chance chance than now. Is there a way for me to try and lift up the mask and cover the mouth? Lift up his mask and cover his the mouth? mouth in, in a grapple check? Yeah, yeah, we can call that a grapple check. Uh, yeah, let's do it. And this is what, just an attack roll? Or it's an athletic. Athletics. Athletics. Yeah, athletics. I'll, that's right, yeah. I'll oppose it. I forget how to D&D. Uh-oh. Uh, so that's going to be 13 minus 1, 12. I got an 18 without a modifier, so I've got you beat. You kind of go for him, try to... You grab the mask and try to pull it up. 
were kind of, you know, halfway successful and he just pushes back against you. Isn't having it. Anything else you can try? Uh, that was my action. I don't really have much for bonus actions right now, so that's all I got. Ooh, man, oh man. Stiletto, the same situation facing you. Doors wide open. See Lucifer run up to this guy, kind of, they have a little struggle with the mask. What are you doing? Um, she says, they could be innocent. Try not to kill them. And then I'm going to try and touch him. Uh, what's the chance he's wearing metal armor under that thing? Uh, you can make a perception, I guess, if you want to spend your turn doing a perception check. Well, I'm going to roll shocking grass, uh, grasp, and I get advantage if he has metal armor on. Oh. It's just a sort of... Uh, then you don't have advantage. Okie dokie. Uh, uh, oh, I rolled a dirty 20. That's going to be a hit, though. Oh, yeah. For eight lightning damage. Oh, boy. And non-lethal. Okay. I'm going to burst out past him and run past him. you run past him? Yeah, and because I hit him with shocking grasp, he doesn't have reactions. Till? Till, until the start of its next turn. Until the start of his next turn. Uh, that is going to bring it to my dude in a cloak and a mask. Mm. Here's hoping it's not another vampire. Here's hoping. Here's hoping. He just throws down the tray that the hardtack was on. He's not going to use that anymore. Reaches underneath his robes and pulls out like this big wooden cudgel, like a shillelagh looking type thing. And tries to... Well, how far did Lenar go? All 30 feet? All 30 feet. All right, then he's going to go for Lustra because I think you're the closest one to the door. Here comes, hopefully, what is a cudgel to your face. Roll the seven, guessing that's not going to do it. Nope. That is a shame. He's going to try again, though. Gets a nine? No way. Nope. Well, shit. (laughs) Did not go well for my boy. Did not go well for him. And he starts, he's still... Him and Lucer are both like right there at the door, kind of fighting arm in arm. Merlin, what do you want to do? Uh, Merlin's just angry about the heart attack, so he's gonna like go over to the guy in the cloak and uh, kind of like pick him up by the shoulders, uh, so initiating a grapple, okay. and uh, just shake him and say, "I'm done with the heart attack. <laughs> Give me some dried fruits." <laughs> Let's do this. Let's uh, see if you can grab this guy. I want the next ration level up. Thank you very much. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. So this is a strength. Athletics. Strength? Athletics. Athletics. Okay. Add a minus one. Don't on, forget. Yeah, that's right. Okay. So 14 on the die. Uh, athletics is a plus five. So we are at 18. It is a true shame because I just rolled a nat 20. Oh! I just rolled a nat 20. Better I roll it on this than an attack roll, I guess. But unfortunately, you can't get a hold of this guy. You're too weak from all the hard attack. You don't have <laughs> enough energy. Makes sense. Yeah, Makes if sense. only you need to eat the protein first and then go for the grapple. Well, it was uh, it was worth a shot. You got anything else you can you can do? Want to do? Want to try? Um, I'll just try walking past him. Yeah, sure. Yeah. If you do that, probably going to take a swing. That's fine. Okay, sure. You're taking a swing from this cudgel, then. Uh, 13 to hit Merlin. 
No, sir. Well, crap. This guy's <laughs> not doing... Where's them nat 20s when I need them? <laughs> <laughs> On grapple checks. Man, oh man. How far you're going as far as you can? Uh, 30 feet, so probably where Luce, uh, sorry, Lenara is. Go is yeah. right up next to Lenara. Tess, you're still in the padded room. Lustra and this robed mask figure right there in the door. What do you want to do? Uh, well, since everyone's just been trying to grapple this guy, I think that Tess is going to try to get out in front of him and is going to try to shove him into the room. Oh, I like it. So that's going to be a grapple check as well, eventually. Yeah, I, I think it's opposed athletics, but... It's the same thing yeah. as a grapple cool. check. It's called, I think we technically call it a shove, but it's the same roll. Same Alrighty. Thing. Don't roll a nat 20. Justin, you don't need to roll a nat 20. I got a 3. A 3 is not going to beat my 12. Great. Not going to beat my 12. Well, then I'm going to try to use my movement to try to walk a little further down. Um, are there any sounds coming from any of the other doors within 30 feet of me? Or 45 feet of me? Um, yeah, there's definitely occasional screams and I'd like occasional laughter, occasional crying. Typical asylum noises. Cool. Um, I'm not sure if the doors are locked or just latched. I'm going to try to use my object interaction to open one of the doors. Like the door across the hall? Sure. Sure. Well, you see it is uh, it's locked. It's the exact same setup as okay. your cell door was, so it, it's locked. Okay. Uh, then I'll just move 45 feet away from him then. Okay. So you run past Lenara and uh, Merlin a couple feet and get the hell out of here. I guess that's the plan. Slash. Slash is going to move past him, but he's going to turn around. He's going to lock eyes with them. His eyes are going to glow for a moment, and he's going to go ahead and cast Charm Person. Okay. Uh, that is a wisdom saving throw, uh, DC 13. DC 13. Does he get advantage since we're in combat with him? Uh, it just says, you attempt to charm a humanoid you can see within range. It must make a wisdom saving throw and does so with advantage if you or your companions are fighting it. So it does get advantage. So I have advantage. You have advantage. That's correct. Save. Just got to beat a 13. Correct. Oh, the first roll doesn't do it. Oh. First roll oh. doesn't do it. I got another nat 20. Oh. Let me go. That's it. Drain them. Let me, That's how it works. Look at me go. Get rid of Great. my nat okay. 20s. Okay. Okay. In which case, uh, Slash is going to continue running. Keep up with everybody else. A mask down. Okay. You make your way out in the hallway as well. So it is down to just Lustra and my dude hanging out in the doorway. Lustra, what are you thinking? I feel that Lustra stands a chance and getting away himself as well. And let's start a chase. So I think Lustra is, you know what? Yeah, I'm just I'm just going to run. And if I take an opportunity attack, so be it. Uh, he's already used it, so you're good. Oh, yeah. So I'll just go and run my full... Actually, I will dash and see if I can dash through the door into the next room. The, the You want to go back the way you came, through the cellar? Exactly. When you get there, it's, it's very, very much locked. Mm -hmm. uh, so I guess I'll just call out and be like, this door is locked. We're going to need to open it. And I suppose I, I use my dash action so I can't do anything else. Okay. So I'm right in front of that door, I think, right? I'm in front of the door, right? 
You are, yeah. You make yeah. it right to the front of the door that leads into that cellar. Stiletto, what do you want to do? Uh, Stiletto's going to go, well, he swung at people. I guess he's not possibly good. And she's going to cast Ray of Frost on this guy. Uh, uh, and she's going to miss. And she's going to go, I guess I'm better close range, but not now. And she's going to run uh, 30 feet up to the rest of the group. Towards the cellar door? Towards the cellar door. Okay, so you and Lucer are now all the way to the cellar door. It's going to bring it to my dude, my dude, my dude. Let's see, who's the closest person to me? I think, calling it Slash. Uh, 17 to hit Slash. That hits. That'll do it. There we go. Finally get to pick up these damage die. Well, that's not too, too bad. You take six points of bludgeoning damage from the cudgel. Mm-hmm. And he tries to swing a second time. 13 to hit. 13 is the number. 13 is the number? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Seven points of bludgeoning from the second one. So that's how much total? 13. And Slash crumples to the floor. Slash ha! crumples <laughs> to the ground. Not me this time. Oh, man. Wait, you're level two and you only have 13 hit points? Yep. It's a bard, man. Wow. Bard things. <laughs> Feel a lot better being the sorcerer now. Uh, oh, so my dude brings one of you down. Merlin, you see Slash crumble to the ground behind a few feet behind you. What are you doing? Uh, face palm and then grab my longsword. Uh, and we're going to try hitting this... This dude. There you go. Hitting your dude two-handed with a long sword. Make it happen, man. Oh, and that's 20. Oh, no. yeah. Oh, boy. All right. Shit. <laughs> oh, shit. shit. <laughs> he is really, really angry about heart attack. Mm-hmm. All right. A D8 plus three. 2D8 plus three. 2D10 plus three. Ooh. 2D10 plus three. Oh, two-handed. Okay. All right. Yeah. Uh swing. I got a one on the die, so it's a four total damage. You get two no, die. You, get you two crit, so you roll it twice. Yeah, so you can get two ones. Okay, I thought it was like two like different hits. That's why I kind of did it that way. Alright. It's been uh, a while. Is that a two? Second D8, that is a two. Yes. <laughs> Jesus. So one, two is three, plus three makes it six total damage. Six points of damage. Thank God you crit. crit. Thank goodness it <laughs> yeah. was a crit. Jeez. Yeah, really. I it would have been really life. embarrassing if not for that. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else? Uh, Maybe just like a mean ooga booga. And then a mean ooga booga? <laughs> Call it right there. All right. That's going to bring it back to Tess. Slash down. Merlin trying to end my orderlies good time here. What do you do? What do you want to do? What do you do? <sighs> she, uh, she smirks to herself and says, <laughs> meat is weak. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then goes to join Merlin, um, try and stands over Slash and tries to jam this guy's gut with her spear. Okay. Let's do this. All right. That is 15 to hit. Oh, you got it. Yay! Oh, for 10 damage. Oh, very, very nice. 10 damage. Oh, shit. Heck yeah. You didn't even crit. Isn't that embarrassing, (laughs) Zobie? Super embarrassing. (laughs) (laughs) 
I uh, look over to Merlin and say, don't worry, I've got you. And I'm going to use Flurry of Blows. Nice. And I'm going to miss both times. Probably that's a nine to hit, eight to hit. Sorry, what? Eight oh, to that's hit? An eight to hit. Yeah, yeah, that's a miss. And nine to hit. That is also a miss. I certainly did spend a key point. I'll end my turn. Oh, man. Slash death saving <sighs> a throw. All righty, here we go. That's an eight. That's a failure. Sure is. Lustra, top of the turn order. She's back on you. Uh, I don't. I don't like this. I don't like this at all. Look, the stiletto. Can you get Slash up? I suppose. <laughs> Bonus action is going to charge a uh, arrow. It's going to start to glow as well as my focus. Okay. I'm using ensnaring strike for my bonus action. Okay. And then for my actual action, I'm going to... Uh, uh, no, 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 no. I'm going to use my longbow because I have better aim with that. And I'm, I'm distanced away. It's because I'm right next to the door. So yeah. I'm going to use my longbow with ensnaring strike. So that's 13 minus 1. That's a 12 to hit. That is a miss. There goes a spell slot. Oh, we're so good at this, you guys. So if that be the case, then I will move up into melee with the orderly. Okay. And that will end my turn, and that's a spell slot down. Oh, man. Oh, man. Lenara, what do you want to do? They might win within 30 feet of the unconscious snake man. Yep. Ugh. We're like, this meat mansplaining son of a bitch better not get me killed and I'll walk up and uh, give you a cure wounds oh thank god for nine. Oh, that's not minus one from stress is it <laughs> no the damage <laughs> okay thank god okay okay slash getting the, the the jolt spits and it's just like I hate my weak body uh. You and me both, Slash. Get up. <laughs> Anything else Lenara can do? Lenara gives, like, points at her eyes, points at Slash's eyes, then realizes everybody looks the same right now, and just ends her turn there. <laughs> oh, man. Right up next to this orderly. Slash is on the ground still, though. Right next to this orderly. So I think he's going to just try to cave your skull in while you're there on the ground. He looks at Lenara with this look of anger, like, you're wasting my time. I already already did this. (laughs) You're not hourly? (laughs) So he has advantage because you're prone. First roll's a seven. Fuck, seven roll. Second roll is, uh, with my modifier, it's a six. Fucking hell. Oh, God. Look how angry I've become. (laughs) Hear how angry he's become. <laughs> uh, yeah. First roll is seven, second roll is six. Pretty confident that, that, that my seven misses. Wriggle out of the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I have uh, I, have, I have two attacks, though. So oh, I'm going to no. try it again. Oh, no. Hey, I'm steadily going up. I got an eight on that one. <laughs> okay, you. Come on, come <laughs> on. There it is. 16 to hit Slash. Shit. Yeah, that Let's hits. Do it. I'm going to get my die. It's all over there, where he chucked it. Where he threw it, angrily. Ooh. (laughs) Oh. That is a total of 11 points of damage. That's like two Merlin criticals. (laughs) Yeah, this is like 11 Merlin criticals. Wriggles out of the way of the first one and then just gets bonked out. Yeah, so you get brought back up by Lenora and then this orderly 
and cudgels you in the skull and puts you right back down. Merlin, what do you want to do? I'm going to hit him again. Hells yeah. Hells do it. yeah. Do it. All right. <laughs> we get a, uh, a 12 to hit. A 12 to hit is a miss. That's a miss? Okay. I'm going to try it again with an action stage. Add a boy. Hey. Come on, man. Come on. Come right. on. Come on. Come on. D&D gods, please. Come on. Oh, yikes. Well, that's just one more. It's a 13 to hit this 13 time. is what you need, oh. son. I'm so sorry that I'm about to do this, Sobi. Did you add the minus one? I did stress? add the minus one. Thank you very much, Colin. <laughs> so eight plus... Eight plus four. Plus five plus minus one. So it's 12. Eight plus five minus one is 12. Holy shit. Okay. Well, fuck. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Way to go, Colin. Yeah, really, honestly. Way to go. Way to go. There goes my action surge, buddy. Right? He <laughs> oh, used sorry. action surge. Oh, okay, sorry. Next time, it I'll just be like, hey, Sobe, you get plus 11. It wasn't math surge. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, no. that uh, sucks. You come out a number short. Colin, take inspiration for keeping us all honest. <laughs> but unfortunately, it's a miss. Action surge gets used up. You want to use any movement? Um, yeah, I'll, no, I don't want to use it. Staying where you are, Tess, what do you do? Uh, I'm going to look guiltily at Merlin because I feel like he tried to not swing at Tess and missed because of that. I'm going to try to stab this guy in the face again. All right. Mother six. Nope. And I'm going to punch him in the face. Oh, that's better. 17. 17 is a hit. Come on, Tess. Four. Four damage. Four points of damage? Yeah. You kill my guard. You kill my guard. His body falls to the floor in a heap. I'd like to try to catch it as it's falling. Sure. And my hand's going to go directly to his left front pocket. Okay. Okay. Gonna try to. I'm gonna see if he has keys in there. I'm not sure. All he feels a big diok. <laughs> <laughs> he did <And> warn us. <laughs> That's fair. Oh, sorry, That's I'll, fair. Uh, sorry, don't mind me. <laughs> you reach into his uh, his front left pants pocket. You're not sure if it's a banana in there or some keys. Pull your hand out. Turns out banana. Not keys. I hand it to Merlin. You asked for some dried fruit? Oh. There you go. <laughs> you want this? You eat my guard's pocket banana. <laughs> There's nothing like a good pocket banana. I agree. Compared to hardtack, yeah. It's true. All right, now let's keep talking for at least three death saving throws. And uh, <laughs> well, we're Oh, still, that's right. Still an initiative. Still. Yeah. still yeah. A, oh, that's right. Okay. Uh don't yes. mind all the pocket banana stuff then. <laughs> so Tess kills my dude. Give your object interaction, I guess, reach in the pocket and feel to realize there's no set of keys in there. All right, cool. And Zalash, like give me that death save. That is another eight. So one fail. Really one fail. Looster, what do you want to do? Um, Looster's going to run over to Slash, you know, and he's looking as he comes and charges in at Slash. Looking at the mask, the mask kind of shifts into the lifeless body of Tess and floating in the water. 
I don't want this to happen again. And he puts his hands on Salash. He's like, please get the hell up. And he starts willing, please, please, please get up, get up, get up, get up. His focus starts to glow and he casts Cure Wounds. Oh. Oh. All right. Cure him up. Cure him up. You heal six. Cool. What do you want to do? What do you want to do? Shall we search the rest of the guard? You only checked one pocket, it seems. True. All right. Um, maybe get them out of the hallway. Salash sits up. You know, he cracks his neck. Fix the door as well. Can I mend that handle? The handle? Yeah, it'd probably take, you know, maybe take one or two casts. Probably more than one casting, but it's an instant, isn't it? Isn't it, instant takes, cast. it takes a minute. It takes a full minute. I mean, you know, if you spend a few minutes, you yeah. spend ten minutes, it, it's good to go. For well, sure. While they're probably five minutes. fluffing around a body, I will. Oh, can we use a different word? I'd nope. rather not. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Merlin, here's the pocket banana. Let's go back to fluffing. Couple, couple things to tell you is here. Couple things to tell you. First of all, congratulations on your first, like, legit, we did it combat, I think. Entered oh. initiative wasn't a creature <laughs> 20 CR levels higher than you. <laughs> you did it. You've knocked out one of my orderlies, and you find some stuff on his body. We loot... Our first, oh, no, that's not true. You looted the shit out of Beth and Peter because yeah. you're horrible people. <laughs> I was about to ask for his wedding vows. That's right, yeah. yeah, yeah. Find my uh, orderly's wedding vows. And I also barfed on a bunch of piranha. Yeah, but you we forget didn't everything that. I do. That doesn't Wait. count as looting a body. <laughs> we didn't loot. No, you calm it, down over there. Successful calm combat. Down. I, I count as killing a bunch of piranha, barfing on a bunch of piranha, a successful combat. Uh, I, I don't have their little fishy vows. I said loot, but you get. So it's like you don't listen to him. Right? <laughs> Please stop fighting. I, I love it when mom and dad fight. Oh, listen Lord. here. <laughs> you find... Four pieces of hardtack. You son yeah. of a bitch. <laughs> you also find this this cudgel, essentially a club, if anyone wants a club. You also, clearly there is a spare set of robes and a mask. If you need another set, he's wearing one. Do they look exactly the same to our robes? A hundred percent impossible to tell any difference. Everyone looks the same here. You also, in his right front pant pocket, what? Find a ring of keys. <laughs> it has two separate keys on it. And as you're pulling those keys out of his pocket, something else happens. In the hallway, the image of someone else just kind of comes into existence. It's a spectral, ghostly kind of figure. It's, it's a... Young boy, mid to late teens. He's got some, like, shaggy hair. He's got a long kind of overcoat draped over his shoulders. All his coat pockets are filled with pencils, little pieces of chalk. He's wearing a satchel by his side that is filled with books and scrolls. But he's a ghost. He's a ghost. This figure... Uh, reaches into one of the coat pockets and pulls out a piece of spectral chalk and starts to write in the air and does so with 
such elegance and does so so quickly that you can't help but it's almost like when you see those like speed painters that have have practiced drawing something so many times that this super intricate thing takes them seconds to do and this spectral figure starts to draw on the walls with this spectral piece of chalk the letters and Symbols he leaves behind look they look almost like ectoplasm, this very ghostly lettering. He draws the image of what you can only assume is the island of Dominia. Draws a map of the island. You see the docks represented, the asylum represented. He draws what looks like the floor plan of the basement you are in right now puts a star by the cell that you were just in a few moments ago, puts an X over a different cell that would be a hall or two away from you, draws a big room in the bottom right corner of the basement, draws an eye in that room. And he kind of looks at all of you as if he wants to say something. He's got a very sad look on his face and kind of looks down at where his legs should be, and that mistiness below his waist kind of starts to climb up his torso, and he starts to slowly vanish out of existence. But not before he can kind of look at Lenara with almost this pleading look in his face. And Lenara, you're con- it makes no sense, but you're confident you're looking at the ghost of Erasmus Van Richten. Rudolf Van Richten's son. And he circles the X that he's written, that he's drawn on one of the cells represented on his map. He circles that X. And in the last few moments he has before disappearing, just writes the words, please help my dad. And then everything you he drew, all the words, all these spectral Shapes that are just floating in the air vanish along with young Erasmus. And we'll see you next week, I think. Oh, man. Holy shit. Oh, my God. Grab the keys and run. But Dr. Rudolph Van Richten is in cell number 10. Oh, man. We got to get our boys. (laughs) 